everybody, how you doing? Well, that's good. Welcome to Broad Street Hockey Radio's Ice Sport Radio. That's right, our rest of the league show is back. This is episode two of the new season. And since we were a little slow getting these started uh, this year, I think we're just going to kind of backtrack and go through the Metropolitan Division as a whole because you know, it, it just kind of got thrown into our rest of the league preview last week. And I don't think we're paying enough attention to the best division in hockey, which is what I'm calling it, starting 25 seconds ago. Because there were three undefeated teams. But first, let's get, let's introduce the panel for today. Let's lead it off with Canada's own Kelly Hinkle. So I know we're doing the Metro today, but I just want to thank Patrick Marlowe for proving that old people can still do stuff. He scored a goal. For now. Oh, he got one? That's Yeah, he scored him. a goal. Yeah. <laughs> for now. <laughs> That is an old team, man. That is. Yeah. They have two 40 year olds. That's incredible. Good for them. I mean, they were old three years ago. Yeah. Like, I remember having the conversation like, yeah. are the Sharks too old? Like, three or four years ago. I and mean, there's based, a reason that they're one and four. Yeah. Based on their place in the standings, they may be, in fact, too old. <laughs> <laughs> From theathletic.com, Charlie O'Connor. So, I know we've been complaining a lot about the Flyers' weird schedule understandably so but at least with the flyers we like the nhl has the excuse of well they went to europe and oh they're going on that west coast road trip so they there's reasons for the big gaps i don't know what the heck happened with the rangers schedule but it is the most bizarre thing in the world so the last time they played was last saturday then they have an entire week off until they play tomorrow and then they have another four days off until they play the Devils next Thursday. They literally have one game in 11 days. How does that even what happen? In the world? Who does this? What? Is it just a computer? Maybe. I assume I so. Know. That's so stupid. It's not, it's not a highly functioning computer. Like, I don't, <laughs> think... I don't think it's a very good computer, no. No, I don't they think need it's a new the one. same one. It's probably not like the same program that like the nfl or the nba used to make their schedules that's my guess uh but yeah i brought up the standings and look i mean at the, the nfl hold on the nfl only needs 16 games like that's a lot different than 82 and they plan it years in advance and there's never any issues like weeks off in between games yeah they're a better oiled machine but yeah, I brought up the standings and looked at the rangers and i was like oh okay yeah they're undefeated i was like wait how how have they only played two? This is ridiculous. <laughs> it's insane. And as I said, like at least the Flyers, there's a reason for it. Yeah, it I don't makes think sense. I don't think there's a reason for the Rangers. Like I don't think there's anything that like MSG is being used for for a week. And even if there is, you would think they could have just sent them on the road. It's just they just got this weird schedule quirk where they basically got a second bye week, but it's a bye week they don't want because it's the beginning of the season and people just want to play games. Yeah, maybe the train has just been extra busy and they haven't been able to get into the rank. Um, <laughs> last love, but not love least, that joke. Last but not least, Stephalicious D. Steph Driver. Um, as Bill mentioned, there are three undefeated teams in the Metro, but I think it's also important to note that the Sabres and the Oilers are also undefeated. I don't think that's important to note. The Sabres have lost, haven't they? Oh, they have an overtime loss. There it is. Who's right. the, the Oilers are undefeated other, in four yeah. games. Colorado so. is the other undefeated team. Uh, also, well, St. Louis, but they have an overtime loss. 
It's still a loss. Right, like fine. I said, we're going to focus on the Metro division because, of course, it is the Flyers division. And, hey, as of right now, three undefeated teams we're going to lead off with. The team in first right now, coming in at 4-0-0, the Carolina Hurricanes. They have a plus-six goal differential. They've played two on two on home ice, two away. They've won a bunch of games in overtime. They have a shut, uh, shootout win. They're just getting it done in a bunch of different ways. I know everyone here was at least pretty high on the Hurricanes this year. Any surprise that they're 4-0? I mean, that's pretty good. That game that they played against the Lightning, I think, was exceptional. It's really surprising that they were able to, like, dominate them for long stretches of time. Yeah, they held the Lightning to, like, 12 or 13 shots in a game that went to overtime. Like, that's in-freak-incredible. I think they held them to two shots through two periods. That's awesome. That's crazy. Yeah. How's that possible? So that they might be actually good. <laughs> Man, I want to play them. I want to see how good the Flyers are. Well, Let's not get ahead of ourselves. Yeah. Head to ease head, in. baby. Got to ease in to the season. I, I iron it, sharpens iron. I think it's going to be really interesting with the Hurricanes to see. Because to me, like structurally, they're a really deep team. Obviously, the big concern is goaltending, and that's something that they're absolutely going to have to deal with this year. But what's interesting to me about the way that Carolina is constructed is that I don't think they really have anyone that's amazing. Like, I guess the closest thing they have to that is probably Sebastian Ajo. And, like, I'm a big Sebastian Ajo fan, but I don't think he's a superstar. You know what I mean? So it's more yeah. it's more like I'm intrigued to see if they can truly be an elite team without that one guy who really, really scares you. Like, you can make a case, I guess St. Louis kind of did that, but Tarasenko still scares you. I don't think Sebastian Ajo scares you in the way in the, in the way that Vladimir Tarasenko scares you. And it's just going to be interesting to see if the, if the Canes can do it, if they can go from, like, I think all of us agree they were a good team. I don't know if any of us were like, they are going to be a great team. It'll just be interesting to see if they can be a great team without having that one holy shit player. And without really having, like you said, uh, a solution in net right now. Yeah. Uh, they're giving up under three goals a game, but I just, I mean, Peter Morozik hasn't been good. Reimer's been a little better than expected, but I just, they don't have what an elite team is supposed to have in net. But hey, man, they're getting it done. They have the puck a ton. Uh, I, I like what I'm seeing out of them a lot. Yeah, I think, I mean, the only real question for them is the goaltending. I don't, I and... I don't know that a team needs a star player to be a team that could win a cup. I'm not sure. I might reject that theory, Charles. <laughs> well, it's just, I mean, if you just I look mean, at, I, I, if you yeah. look at the teams that have won cups, they all tend to have that, like, at least over the last 10 years or so, they all tend to have at least that one guy who, you know, you're forced to game plan for. You know what I mean? Yeah, and I just don't yeah. know if the Canes have that. I don't know if they're ever going to have that unless, like, Sveshnikov becomes that guy. He was the second overall pick, so it's possible. But I just don't know if they're ever going to get that because they're obviously never going to, you know, spend the kind of money. I mean, I know they're spending up to the cap this year, but a lot of that is because, like, they bought guys out and they have guys on, you know, deals that aren't as expensive as they look from a cap standpoint. So I don't know if they're ever going to get those guys unless they draft one and kind of, you know, fall ass backwards into it. So it's just going to be interesting like it, they're they're trying to win using a different model and i think it's really cool and it's it's going to be fun to watch to see if they can it's just that it's a new model so you don't know if it's going to work yeah that's fair 
Let's move on to uh, a team, uh, the Washington Capitals, I mean, perennial favorites to win the division every year, and they do have six points sitting in second place right now, but they've played five games. Speaking of the ridiculous schedule, there are two teams in this division who have played two, and one team that has played five. Like, it's absolutely ridiculous, uh, but beyond that, Washington, I think they're Washington, I think they're going to figure it out. But I'll tell you what's a real concern for them right now. Braden Holtby. In four starts, he's given up two, three, four, and six goals. His best performance this year is a 909 save percentage in a game. All his others are 893 or worse. He just, uh, man, isn't getting it done right now. Ilya Samsonov looked pretty good in his one start, but this is a real concern for a team that Stanley Cup window is still open. Is it? Unfortunately, it is. I guess. As long as you have that kind of top-end talent, your yeah. window's open. But I mean, with Alexander Ovechkin, like, he's going to be a point-per-game player, probably a goal-per-game player until he's not. And I, I don't see him slowing down anytime soon. Well, I don't think he's going to be a goal-per-game player. I mean, it would be cool to see— I do. It'd be cool to see a guy score 82 goals in a season. That'd be awesome. Listen. <laughs> I mean, Konechny's going to do it. Totally. He's on pace for 186 points. He's going to get there. He's going to blow away that Gretzky record, I'm telling you. God, I love Travis Connect. I absolutely, we'll get there. like, I totally made up that number, by the way. So when someone yeah. fact checks me, they can, you know, it was made up. I it think, sounds right. So I, when somebody fact checks you, they can suck it. I, I think going back to Holpe for a second, I think what a lot of people, I think what a lot of people don't realize about Braden Holpe, and this is why, you know, if I'm the Capitals, I'm a, legitimately concerned about him it's because he really hasn't been great for a while like the, the I think what what makes everybody think he's still Braden Holtby is because he was really good in that playoff run when they yeah they won actually the got it done yeah he was great in that playoff run the the 2018 playoff run when they finally won the cup and he was objectively a very very good goalie in that playoff run but if you go back that regular season he had a 907 save percentage. Last year, he had a 911 save percentage. So we're going on two consecutive regular seasons when Braden Holpe like just kind of looked like a guy. And it's not, you know, yeah, he had that great playoff run. Yeah, he won the cup. Yeah, he's got a track record before those two seasons of being one of the better goalies in hockey. But we're going on two years now where he's just kind of hovered around 910, which like it's not going to kill you, but it's not great. And now this year he's got off to a bad start. Like, do I think he's an 870 goaltender? Of course not. He's he's much better than that. But if he's a 910 goaltender, does that lower our viewpoint of what the capital ceiling is? Like if he's if his true talent level now is 910, what do we think about the Capitals? So my opinion on that in particular is is kind of how I feel about the Penguins or how I did feel about the Penguins in seasons prior, where like, okay, regular season does matter, but these guys turn it on in the playoffs. Like, you know that you're going to make the playoffs, so it, it, it's just, yes, you need to have a goalie that gets hot, but I'm not worried about him a week into the season. Yeah, and I, so and, and I guess what I'm saying is I wouldn't be worried about, like, a goalie who had been great the last three years having a bad start of the year. But I'm a little worried about a goalie who's had two straight mediocre years having a bad start of the year because goalies, you know, 
you don't really you aren't really able to predict when goalies are falling off a cliff. And I guess the good thing for the Capitals, not for this year, but for the future, is that like his contract's up at the end of the season. So if they if he has a bad year, they can just say goodbye and then turn Dalia Sampson off to be their new starter. But obviously Brayden Holpe is going to be their guy this year. And as Bill said, they have designs on a cup. So yeah, like I, I said, a team with this kind of top end talent, their their window is always open. But I've I include Holtby in that idea of top-end talent. He's not necessarily old. He's only 30. We know top-of-the-line goalies can play. Uh, Their primes can stretch a little deeper into their 30s. But when you look at, I mean, just the amount of time he's played the last five years, 72 starts, 66, 63, 54, 58. This is a guy they've leaned on. They've made runs into the playoffs with him. He's played a lot of hockey. It just might kind of be. He's wearing down. Um... Those numbers make me want to take a nap. <laughs> God, that's so many games. Imagine having a goalie you could throw out there 72 times. Oh, we have one. I think so. I really think so. We'll I, see. That's still, that's a lot. That's too many. I don't like that. No, that's 72 that's too is yeah. too many. That's, that's too much. But yeah, I, I'm interested to see how this team kind of keeps up because Steph made a good point that Washington is kind of a team that can... Um, they can wait around for the playoffs. You know you're going to make it. You have enough talent to get you there. But in a division that looks differently than it has the last few years, I mean, the Flyers are up and coming. Carolina's undefeated. We don't really know how good the Rangers are. We'll get to them in a second. Don't really know how good Pittsburgh is. They might be falling off. But it's not like they're guaranteed a one or a two seed like they were in years past. Yeah, when you're like, we're going to get there and we're going to play a wild card team, we don't have to worry about it. That's one thing. When you might be that wild card team, that's completely different. Yeah, I, yeah. That's a good point. They could, I don't know. This division, I think, is up in the air. It is very much up in the air. And I think a great way to prove that is to talk about the team currently locked into that third place position. The New York Rangers at 2-0-0. They have four points on the season. They have, uh, what are they outscoring teams? By a plus five differential. Hey, man, I guess uh, I guess they're awesome. I guess Artemi Panarin fixed everything, right? No, that no. seems unsustainable. <laughs> they're bad. Yeah, I mean, they're in the same spot the Flyers are where they just haven't played a lot of games. Like, the two teams they played against. And again, I, I'm just to show that I'm not, like, I am self-aware. I know the two teams the Flyers have played aren't that great either. But the two teams that the Rangers have played are Winnipeg, who has no defense, and Ottawa, who isn't even an NHL team. So, like, yeah, they're 2-0, and but I don't know if those two games really told us anything about that team. Other than how bad their opponents are. Yeah. Or at least, I mean, I don't think Winnipeg's bad, but they at least showed, like, how weak that part of Winnipeg is. Winnipeg literally does not have one healthy defenseman. (laughs) Like, yeah, there's a lot going on. How are they going to make it through the season? How are they going to make it through the end of the month? Maybe they can get, like, Mark Alt or something. I've had, I have a lightly used Robert Haig, I would give them. Yeah, you. Hey, Haig's looking good. Haig's looking good. I. I will kill you. I have been convinced by uh, by everybody else that Haig is actually good and Dave Haxtell was to blame. Oh, that's always been my stance. <sighs> Dave Haxtell is to blame, period. Before we move to the Flyers, who are next, because I know everyone has a lot to say, uh, the Rangers, Charlie, you talked uh, uh, maybe last week about how Mika Zibanejad is maybe a little underrated. He definitely well, is. 
I he looks really good to start this year. I mean, yes, of course, you know, um, Artemi Panarin makes everyone look great, but four goals and four assists through two games—that's um a lot. Seems good. Yeah. So I know that this is more Flyperbole's area, but I think Sabinajad has like I think he's a DJ or has like a mixtape. Like there's some type of music situation happening there. That sounds familiar, actually. Which is that's the end of my story. Thank you. You're welcome. <laughs> awesome. I, I mean, I give I give Mika Sabinajad a lot of credit, and I know he really didn't have much control over this, but like. He got out of Ottawa at the perfect time. And I know the Rangers aren't much better, but, like, they're not Ottawa. <laughs> oh, they're much better. Yeah. I mean, they could be terrible, and they're still much better. That, yeah, right. I mean, the team that finishes 30th this year is going to be markedly better than the Ottawa Senators. Yeah, you're not wrong. But, I mean, if you, regardless, if you're going to be in a shitty situation, granted, I mean, they play in a train station, but I'd still rather play for the Rangers than the Senators. Like, if they were both equally bad, one's better than the other. You're not wrong. <laughs> also, the train station has a Tim Hortons in it, so. Oh, well, that's not too bad, then. No, There's a good reason good. to like that place. Hey, I know I talk a lot of shit on, on, uh, on Madison Square Garden, but it is, without a doubt, a great professional wrestling venue. That's all I'll say. Uh, let's just move to those Philadelphia Flyers now, because I know everyone... Charlie, I just wrote an article based on your tweet about people's biggest complaint being they're too excited. Because we're, <laughs> like, we're all self-aware that it's two games against the Devils who stink and against the Blackhawks who probably stink. But, like, man, I am excited. And I'm self-aware enough to know I'm too excited. But you know what? I waited long enough. No, you're not. You're not too excited. That's a bunch of bullshit. All right. There's no so such two, thing as too excited. 2-0, they look good. They've had the puck for like 60% of the two games they've played in. <laughs> uh, the penalty kill's working at like 86%. Carter Hart is the greatest man who ever lived, I'm pretty sure. Uh, Travis Konechny, four points. Tell me I'm wrong that this team is good. Tell me I'm wrong. You're not wrong. And also, you know... We're allowed to be excited until they give us a reason not to. And so far, they haven't. It's been, not only are they winning games, they're actually fun, which is a thing that I wasn't sure was going to happen. I thought maybe they might win more games, but be boring. That was um, my prediction. Yeah, but they were they gonna be not good been and shitty to watch. I just published this article because I forgot it was sitting there. So it's published now. I hope that you didn't screw it up because I didn't read a word of it. Oh, well, I mean, there's a lot of like videos in there. I, um,. No, that's good. It breaks up the text. It's perfect. I referenced Lou Brown for Charlie. I did a lot of stuff in there. So I embedded two different podcasts because the whole reason I want to be a writer is to just push the podcast more. Uh, so there's a lot of stuff in there. But I'll tell you what the, the thesis of the article is. I know I'm overly excited. And it's not even about winning the two games. It's about how they did it. And it's because we've thought for a while this team wasn't actually bad. Yeah. They were just underachieving and put in the wrong position. Yep. And it's like, I'm not crazy. That's what I'm, I mean, I'm not crazy in regards to my opinions about this team. Yeah, you are crazy. Yeah, I'm well aware. But like, <laughs> I, I'm sitting here watching this team for like the last decade going, am I nuts or are they better than they play? And for two games, I'm not nuts. This is what I've wanted to see this whole time. 
I haven't had anything good to say about this team for probably three years. Like, probably three years. And I just, I cannot, I cannot get over the the two-game performance that I've seen. Like, I am, for the first time in a long time, actually watching the games as opposed to just having it on as background noise. I, Carter Hart is rejuvenating my soul. I don't know how else to say it. He he is the only good thing that's happened to Flyers fans in the last decade. And I dare you, each and every one of you listening and, and my co-hosts, to name something good that's happened outside of Carter Hart. Because it just doesn't exist. I mean, Claude Giroux. Claude Giroux is pretty good. That was, was over fun. a decade ago, though. But that was over a decade ago. Oh, in the last yeah. decade. Yeah, um, the cup run. I'm, like I'm I was on the uh, on the Devils game. I'm standing up in my living room, like screaming and clapping like a moron. Like they're killing penalties, and I'm going nuts. Like I'm not just watching the games now. I'm into the games, and it's been. A while. Hold on, they're killing penalties. Full stop. Yeah, the pen- and it looks good. The penalty kill yeah. looks good. Kevin Hayes on the penalty kill is fun. He like looks to take the puck the other way. I already like him a lot. I'm a big fan of Kevin Hayes. I yeah. think that was a really good signing. Yeah. I was really, really not expecting to be in love with Kevin Hayes, but here we are. He just looks like every hockey player I played with in high school. Like, that's his face. <laughs> that's, that's his look. That's his face. Yeah, I, I think everyone, like, there's just a feeling of finally, which yes. is which is nice. And, and it's nice that, like, as I said on Twitter today, it's just nice that, like, Everyone desperately wants to believe that this is real. And it's cool because if I feel like for the last three years, if anything, it's been more like everyone desperately wants to believe this isn't real, <laughs> that we're actually like better than what we're playing. Uh, and in reality, like I, I get the fear that this that this is a mirage. I get it because it might be. And maybe I, I think what, what lingers in the back of everyone's head is just this idea of, in mid-November, there's a chance that, like, we're all going to hate Justin Braun and Matt Neskinen and Elaine Vigneault, and, like, everything that seems good now will actually be bad. And I think that's fair, because there are still legitimate concerns around all those things. But right now, it seems good, and I guess I would just say to Flyers fans, just try to enjoy it. Yes, that's all I'm saying. Like, have fun while it's fun. There may be plenty of time for us to complain about literally everything about this team. Right now, there's nothing. And we should enjoy it because it's been a long time since that was the case. Like a and really like, long I don't time. want to spend. I know this is the rest of the league show. I don't want to spend the whole show on the Flyers, but it is the team we all focus on the most. Like, if you were to make a, a list of things, like to, for they can only control like what's in front of them. You know, they can't sustain this through December through two games. There's no way to prove that. But there, if you were to like list out all the things you wanted to see this team do, hot start was the first one of those things. They have checked off that one box. And not only that, they did it the way that Charlie said they needed to in order to get the fans back. Like they yeah. played well in the game that people were going to be watching. And it wasn't just fun. It was outstanding. And there was like a ridiculous save that everyone got to yell about and the crowd was into it in the building, and you finally heard that over the television. It's been a long time since I've heard that building loud over that TV. That building was loud, and it was fun. And just something about shutting out the devils. Yeah, yeah. Like, just something about shutting out the devils, the team that shut us out, when we outplayed them so many times. Like, 
it still means something to me at least. I still get nuts about it. I thought it was great. Let's move on to uh, the ugly part of this division, the Pittsburgh Penguins. They are 2-2-0. They have four points. They do have that positive goal differential, plus one. Um, They have played all four of their games at home. Because fuck us, right? Because we... Like I, is this team? They have to not be good. They that's that's the next I mean, piece of this. They have to not be good. They, they lost Malkin for some length of time, so that's not going to help. Um, Sidney Crosby did do a thing the other day that I saw on a highlight thing where he looked like old Sidney Crosby. So he's still got it in there. It's just probably not going to come out as much as it used to. I think Malkin being out actually helps Charlie out in the predictions. Yeah. It's the MVP. <laughs> <laughs> MVP year for Sidney Crosby. Yeah, already here first. Uh, I, I think like I think I actually tweeted about this when the Malkin news came out, and like everybody started again, understandably so, because most people that aren't Penguins fans hate the Penguins. Uh, everybody started kind of dancing on their graves, and I'm just like, you know what? I will believe that the Pittsburgh Penguins won't make the playoffs the day that they're eliminated from playoff contention and not a minute before. Because I'm just going to assume that somehow they're going to piece a good team together. It might not be a great team anymore, but they'll piece a good team together because they have still one of the three best players in hockey and hockey just has to hurt us in some way. (laughs) And what hurts us all the most is Pittsburgh being relevant. Hockey is pain. Yeah, it is actually. You're not wrong. <laughs> but no, Why they're, do we I do mean, this they're, to they're in trouble. They're like, they are in trouble. They, it's not even just Malkin out. I mean, Brian Russ hasn't played a game. And while I don't think he's great, he's clearly a useful NHL player. Uh, Galchenyuk's hurt. Not quite sure how long he's out for, but he's hurt. Um, and Bukestad's hurt. And this was already a team that, like, didn't have a ton of great forwards. And now they have very few. Like, Going through their, I'm, I'm on Cat Friendly now. I'm going through their roster. Like, okay, Sidney Crosby's awesome. Jake Gensel's fine. Patrick Hornquist is fine. Their their fourth highest paid forward who isn't injured is Brandon Tanev, who we spent the Yikes. entire offseason laughing at. <laughs> That's a good one. That's a good one right there. Yeah, I, I agree with Charlie. Um, I am. I have to believe they're going to fall off at some point. But if you've ever seen a Friday the 13th movie... Jason ain't dead, fam. Like, don't 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 start celebrating too early. He's gonna pop back out of that freaking lake. All right, that's that's all I gotta say about that. He's not. It's Crosby. I I hate the guy, but he's 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 freaking amazing. I don't even hate him anymore. I do. Do he... you think Do you think Mike Sullivan might be on the hot seat? Mm, maybe. I I can't imagine. I just I I feel like. I feel like they made their bed, and not that I think they were wrong, but I feel like they made their bed by picking Sullivan over Kessel this offseason. That's true. Like, That's true. If you're going to trade Phil Kessel, then you're clearly saying that, okay, we pick the coach over the players, so then you're not going to go and fire the coach. And plus, I think they know, like they have to know that it's not Sullivan's fault that this team is ravaged by injury and has Jack Johnson starting and is just not like as good as it used to be. But you never know. Well, Just, that's the okay, GM admitting that he made a bad move with Jack Johnson, and he's never going to do that. Fair. Jack Johnson playing a lot of minutes is kind of the coach's fault. Yeah, yeah. But him existing yes, is that's the GM's fault. fault. Yeah. I will say, um, now I totally forget what it was going to be. Oh, they've, you know, they've won three cups. 
before two of them, they fired the coach midseason. If this is like a 500 team and they they need that kind of spark, I could I could see that happening in like December. I don't think he's one of the coaches with the hottest of seats, but I'm not going to rule it out entirely. Um, but Crosby just keeps them alive. In sixth place with three games played and two points, they are 1-2-0. and oh. Those New York Islanders who seem to be regressing nicely, I would say. Yep, it was time. They were not, they're not that good. I mean, let's be real. They're not that good. Barry Trotz is, but the team isn't. Yeah, this just felt predictable. Like, to me, this was, and and maybe in a month, they'll be back being okay again. But, like, this just never looked like a team that was that impressive, ever, even at any time last year. And I think what should scare them the most is that Semyon Varlamov has not been good so far. And, like, again, <gasps> it's only a few games, but, like, they basically just swapped Varlamov in for Robin Lehner for whatever dumb reason that was, and Varlamov isn't as good as Lehner. So your team was carried last year by your goaltending, and you made your goaltending worse. That never made sense to me. Yeah, losing Lehner was uh, an odd choice. Yeah, what the hell was the reason for that? They just, I guess they just didn't, they weren't sold on Laner being able to sustain it. And for me, it just struck me as extremely weird because, like, I get, I really, really get it when a guy has a career year out of nowhere and you're like, he's not that good. But with Laner, there was, like, a reason why he got better. Like, he had yeah. issues and he fixed them. It was a very, very clear, like, Sometimes I think, you know, especially people in the media like me, like, we, we, we become guilty of falling into narratives. But, like, that was a true narrative. Like, he fixed his problems and became a better goalie because he was just in a better state of mind. That made sense to me. It was a nice narrative, too. We never yeah. get those. It was hard yeah, not no, to like, and him. that's, they, 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 rep- it's not even, yes, I understand. I understand somewhat not wanting to like commit to the guy who you don't think really is that good, but you leaned on him so hard last year. And one of the things like that made your team what it was, I, I always say like, you can't discount intangibles, but to try to like build your team on them is dumb because they are immeasurable. However, however, uh, like however, Robin Lehner and his whole comeback story is one of the things that made the Islanders what they were last year. It was about, like, playing for him and him proving that he was this good. Like, it just... It, to, mo- to move away from that is to move away from the foundation of what, like, what made the Islanders work last year. Three things. Barry Trotz, Robin Lehner, and being, like, the emotional... The emotion of wanting to prove it wasn't Tavares, you know? You like, forgot Those are the three things that pushed the Islanders. You moved on from one of them. And the other, like, Tavares is gone and he ain't coming back. You gotta get over that at some point. So, here we are. You eh. did forget Yuri Laterra. No, 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 no. Um, Valtteri Fola. Valtteri Fola. I always no, I was, them I was up in my brain. Say, They're the same guy. I was going to say, I'm not rooting as hard against the Islanders this year because Philpola is gone. Okay. <laughs> That's fair. I'm fine with the Islanders. The Islanders can be whatever this year. I'm fine with it because Philpola's gone. I don't have to worry about him. Uh, but now let's talk about, man, the Columbus Blue Jackets. 1-2-0. Uh, and We know about all the talent they lost this offseason. Uh, I will think, you know, they've given up 14 freaking goals in three games. Uh, they are just not very good, I would say. Yeah, I'm tired of them anyway. 
Yeah, I'm well, ready th- for them to not be in the conversation. Oh, Kelly's being Steph Driver. I'm doing a Steph, yeah, for very, sure. Very, very Steph Driver. <laughs> I, I, I think the big thing that has to be concerning for them, and again, we're talking about three, four-game sample sizes, but they lost their starting goalie, who was one of the best goalies in hockey, and to start the year, their goaltending has been horrible. Like, everyone knew this was a possibility, but the hope was like, oh, well, maybe one of these guys will exceed expectations. Well, they haven't, and that's bad. (laughs) Yeah, it's just, it's always been like, oh, the Blue Jackets this season, and finally, they're actually bad, and I don't have to hear about them. And I'm here for that. I wonder if, because we talked about coaches on the hot seat and Tortorella might be one of them. I wonder if he can get a little bit more, like, out of this team than people are really, you know, like, is he a guy who can drag a 500 season out of a seriously talent-depleted team? Because outside of, um, outside of Wierenski and Jones, who are really good, like, uh, what does this team have? I don't think they're that bad. Like, I, I, I do think they have a lot of guys who are underrated, especially up front, and even on the back end, too. Like, David Savard is a lot better than I think people realize, but it's just that if if their goaltending's a mess, they're cooked. And and that, to me, is the big thing. Like, And then if their goaltending is a mess, then everything looks bad, as we saw, you know, with the Flyers last year when, you know, everything looked terrible because they had eight goalies and only one of them was actually good. <laughs> I will say, um, I, uh, Columbus can takes it. This was the this was the cat case on uh, Wednesday when I wrote the power rankings. I don't know if it's still true, but um, on Wednesday, Columbus had surrendered as many goals as the Florida Panthers. So at least they weren't spending that money on Bob and still getting lit up. That would be Fair. that would be the issue for. There's them, something you know? oddly satisfying about that little tidbit. Actually, yeah, not, I really like it. Not caring at all about either team. Like, those are two teams I have no feelings towards positively or negatively. Don't care. Um, I like it. I think that's fun. <laughs> like, I, I, Good. Good for you, Columbus. At least you're not spending the money, too. All right. Let's wrap it up with the uh, pulling, up, pulling up the caboose here. Four games played. The New Jersey Devils do not have a win. They are 0-2-2. They have surrendered 20 goals. Um, We got an up-close look at them on what day was it? Wednesday? Thursday? Wednesday. I don't remember. Wednesday, yeah. Uh, They are, man, like, even with Nico Heischer and Taylor Hall on the ice, like, is Sean Couturier that good? Or are are they just cooked? The answer to both is yes. I think I and, saw with Heashier and uh, and Hall on the ice there at like five percent of the expected goals. It, it was something unbelievable like that. I don't. I mean, I don't think they're going to continue to be this bad because, I mean, Taylor Hall is very good. Like he's he's going to be good again. Um, but it, there's something very very satisfying about the fact that they had such a hyped up off season. And people were just convinced that they were going to be really, really good. And the fact that they're starting off this badly just brings me a lot of joy, personally. I like. It I a was lot. just, I was just convinced that they were going to be better than this. And part of that was my belief in Mackenzie Blackwood. I wanted to call a guy Mac Black. I thought that was fun, <laughs> uh, but he has just stunk uh, in the early going. I uh, Corey Schneider looks like he's. I mean, he held the Flyers off as long as he could the other night. Um, he, he's looked better than he has in recent seasons, but they just, they don't look like they have enough. 
Yeah, I never, I never got the obsession with Mackenzie Blackwood. Like, it just, my thing with Mackenzie Blackwood, because he kept getting compared to Carter Hart. Yeah. And that really pissed me off. And here's why. So Carter Hart in juniors was like the best juniors goalie for at least two straight years. One could argue three. So he came in with a track record of being really freaking good for his entire career. So with the exception of really that like first month and a half in the AHL. And I know his AHL numbers in, you know, in aggregate don't look that good, but I guarantee you if they would have given him the entire year in the AHL, his numbers by the end of the year would have looked awesome because he had just started to figure it out. And that's when they called him up. But let's take a look at Mackenzie Blackwood here, okay? So not only is Mackenzie Blackwood older than Carter Hart, so there's that. There's also this. Mackenzie Blackwood in juniors had a 902 save percentage, a 906 save percentage, and a 921 save percentage. So he really only had one very good year in juniors. Compare that and to it's Carter his Hart. late year when yeah, he's old. Exactly. So compare that to Carter Hart, who had three. Then he, he, he turns pro. He joins the Albany Devils, 907 save percentage. The following year. 882 save percentage, and he has a 920 in the ECHL. Good work, Mac. The following year, <laughs> the following year, he has a 902 save percentage in the AHL, gets called up to the NHL, and is good. He throws out a 918. But, like, we're talking about a guy who has never been good in the AHL, and we're acting like he's on the same tier as Carter Hart, who has been good his entire career, basically wherever he's played. It never made sense to me. To, to act like Mackenzie Blackwood was this great goalie because he had a good 23-game stint in the NHL. And again, people would throw me, well, you're acting like Carter Hart's awesome because he was great in 30 games. Like, no, I'm acting like Carter Hart's awesome because he's always been awesome. Yeah, Mackenzie Carter Blackwood Hart- had never been awesome until this random stint in the NHL, so forgive me if I doubted him still a lot. Hart is like the most decorated goalie prospect yeah. ever like to come out. Like. Could we overrate him? Absolutely. Could he have failed? Sure. But the like the measurables were all there. Every accolade imaginable, he'd won. It's it's it wasn't just oh well he had one good year or something like that. It you know it's it's hard to compare like you're saying. I do feel personally attacked because I was one of the people who believed in the Devils, but I'll let it go, Charlie. Yeah, I know you're good not job, Mac. It personal. So was it just fans who were doing this or were actual journalists comparing Blackwood to Carter Hart? Um, I mean, it was definitely fans. Absolutely fans. You hear a lot from Devils fans about, you know, Mackenzie Blackwood. Oh, you guys think Carter Hart's great. We have Mackenzie Blackwood. But I do think that there were some journalists who were basically kind of equating the two. You know, being like, well, we got these two, you know, these two teams kind of in the middle of the Metro and they're both depending on their young goalies. And, you know, without necessarily saying that they're on the same tier, they kind of were implying they were. Yeah. And my thing is, like, they're not. No, they're not. Mackenzie Blackwood had one good run it happened to come in the NHL, but he had one good run in, like, three professional seasons. They're not comparable. They're just and not. And with the Bennington mania last year, I think people wanted to kind of latch onto that. And it's like, all right, well, we have Hart and Blackwood, like you're saying. So I think those three all kind of got lumped together. Also, Bennington, Jordan, obviously, he's old as fuck. Yeah. Yeah, he'd actually been in the AHL for a while. I Elderly. think, too, the thing, the thing with Blackwood that— and a lot of scouts get obsessed with this. Um, and there, there's there's some truth to it, I'll admit, but I do think it's overrated. Is like Mackenzie Blackwood is six foot four, two twenty five. Like he looks yeah. like what a goalie, what scouts think a goalie should look like in the Mackenzie current NHL. Mackenzie Blackwood, hello. Well, there you go. 
Whereas Carter Hart is, you know, he his the big thing people have criticized him for a long time is that, you know, he's not that big of a goalie and he doesn't have the like overwhelming athleticism to make up for the fact that he's not that big of a goalie. Whereas Mackenzie Blackwood is that big of a goalie. So it was easier for people to eyeball him and say, oh, well, this makes sense. Big goalie succeed in the NHL. It's like, well, also, you know, you know who also succeeds in the NHL? Goalies who are good every step of the ladder. And he hasn't been. Also, I would say watch that save from Wednesday night and tell me he doesn't have the athleticism to make up for his size because that was some athletic shit yeah a Taylor Hall one timer ticketed for the top corner I can't believe that small slow goalie was able to stop it huh picked it right out of the air didn't that was that was uh, man that was just such a great save I, I yelled out loud let's get some predictions in here um who who are the playoff teams right now? Let me bring up the actual wild card standings. Do, who do we think in the Metro is going to make the postseason? Right now, obviously, it's hard to tell because with the different um, games played and everything, the points are all off. But Carolina, Washington, and the Rangers are your top three. And the Flyers are sitting in uh, one point out of the wild card. I, I think that you're... The ones that are comfortably going to make it are going to be Carolina, the Capitals, and the Flyers. Suck it. Hey yo. I'm saying it. Um, I'll go I'll go Carolina, Washington, Pittsburgh, Philadelphia. I don't Ew. think the I, I don't think the Metro gets I mean I don't know what the order is gonna be. I don't think yeah. the I don't think the Metro gets a, a, a second wild card team. I think the the other wild card team is gonna come from the Atlantic. Yeah, the first But I right. think but I think those four teams are eventually going to be the teams that that solidify themselves as the top four um i agree with charlie um but i have pittsburgh as the wild card team hmm yeah, it's hard to it's hard to disagree with those four and it's really hard to predict uh five playoff teams coming out of the metro with it looks like some teams are pretty improved over in the atlantic um yeah, I'm going to go Carolina, Philly, Washington, Pittsburgh as well. Yep, and Pittsburgh in the wild card. That's what I'll say. Okay, I'll, I'll ask this question. If the, It seems like we're all in agreement those are kind of the four. If the, the Metro was to get a fifth team in the playoffs, who out of the other four do you think would have the best chance of getting that spot? So the Rangers. Devils. Rangers. I mean, they're they're undefeated now, but they'll – or they're, they're – uh, They've only been defeated now, but I think that they'll turn it around. Hmm. I think you could make a case for the Rangers. Like, if Lundqvist gets hot, maybe you could make a case for the Rangers. And they have that other kid, Georgiev, or whatever the hell his name is, so they might have something in net. Um, Yeah, the Rangers have the case. It's hard to see the Islanders repeating. It's hard to see Columbus digging themselves out. New Jersey, I like New Jersey. Like I, I liked New Jersey in the off season, but I haven't seen anything out of them yet. They can't score or stop anyone from scoring. So yeah, I would have to say the Rangers are the are the extra team. Yeah, I think um, I think I'd go with the Devils as well. Really? Um, yeah. Well, I just I, I look at that team. I think it's the I think it's the best team on paper out of the other four. Like I, I'm not gonna write them off because of a bad start because yeah. teams have bad starts and they figure it out. Like my big concern with the Devils always was they had a lot of questions 
And I, I, that's why I equated them to the Flyers, where I think the Flyers had a lot of questions, too. I just thought that the Flyers' questions had a better chance of being answered in the affirmative than the Devils' questions did. But I do think that some of the Devils' questions that they have, like, is P.K. Subban still P.K. Subban? I think there's a good chance he is. You know, is Jack Hughes going to eventually figure it out? I think there's a good chance he will. <laughs> I, don't, I don't think the goaltending is going to be good, and I think that's going to hurt them. But I do believe that they have the clearest path to figuring it out. Like, I don't, I'm still not sold on the Rangers at all. I think the Islanders are regressing. I think Columbus, if their goaltending is just bad, then they're screwed. So, to me, the Devils, like, we're still talking about a team that theoretically could end up being able to put together two really good scoring lines. They still have a number one defenseman with a couple other defensemen that are decent. Like, they, to me, have the clearest path to being good. Not great, but good. All right, before we wrap it up, anyone else have any uh, comments, anything they want to share about the first, what, week, 10 days, whatever it's been of the regular season? Two weeks. Uh, sign up for NHL Fan Pulse on SB Nation. You can find it on broadstreethockey.com. It's for all NHL fans. We want to hear from you about your opinions on hockey things. I signed up. Thank you. <laughs> I just thought it would be funny if I was if I was part of the sample of Flyers fans. And I'm and I work for SB Nation. I you are the voice be... of the fans, William. And well, no, we all should be signing up. And yeah, that would that's 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 something else there, Kelly. All right, everybody. <laughs> uh, that is all the time we have on Ice Sport Radio. Thank you all so much for hanging out. If you haven't already, hit that subscribe button. Give us those good reviews. Tell your friends. Uh, I'll be back when uh, Saturday for post game. We have all sorts of content coming to you this season. So. For Kelly, for Steph, for Charlie, have a great week, everybody.